And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another We Are Me podcast with Mickey Brennan and Davey Rispin. Um, I suppose uh, for the first time since the podcast was uh, set up all them many, many years ago. Davey, um, you were, well, first of all, I want to say thank you to uh, the two lads that filled in, Alan Tormey and uh, Damien Donoghue filled in for me last week. First time in that so many years, Davey, you had to go on your own and uh, you had two guest speakers with you last week and uh, they, they entertained anyway, and they, they did the job. Yeah, it was good crack, Mickey. You know, th- this whole guest uh, host thing, you know, I've seen it done in certain scenarios whereby, you know, a presenter might retire and they, they don't fill the berth straight away, so they give different people opportunities to showcase their own credentials. And I have to say, the two lads uh, give us some great entertainment. Alan, of course, is professional as ever, did great research on the best 10 for some column kills. Damien, maybe less so on the club names and... We, we got yeah. a good giggle out of that, but uh, fair play to the lads for stepping in, yeah, in, in your absence. I must I must um, go back into the archives now and go into the last podcast and pull out all of the the, the, the club names that Damien got wrong and put them together in a reel. Um, you know, Bro- Broads Mill, Kill Screen, um, you know, Ballon and Locker. Uh, yeah. There was, there was a few that stand out, but it was, uh, it was, uh, look, at the best of times, it's hard to know how to pronounce a lot of the teams in me, but uh, yeah, it was good out of crack. Yeah, just uh, again, thank you to Alan Tormey uh, from Gail Gullum Kilkells there, and of course to Damien Donoghue. I had a bit of an accident just prior to the podcast uh, time last week, Davey. Um, I cut my hand and uh, it, was a, it, was, it was an atrocious accident there, so it wasn't, it put me out for a few days. But uh, it didn't affect the moneymaker. It didn't affect the voice uh, or the mouth. <laughs> no, because you were still spouting on Saturday for the Cavan game. So uh, <laughs> even even just with one hand, Mickey, it didn't affect you. But I uh, know, look, at these these things happen. And because uh, it was funny, I was, I was surprised because normally, obviously, we, we were at games, you know, on, on the weekends. And usually we only touch base around seven or half seven on a Sunday evening. And uh, like I hadn't heard from you. And then... Got the message to say I'm in hospital, lad, and Jesus, you know, straight away panic stations. But we got there in the end anyway, and uh, no damage done. Last and damage to the podcast, obviously. No yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed, and all that. I can't do at the moment, but uh, yeah. Um, I always said that it would, it wouldn't be, it'd take a serious injury to stop me from playing football and maybe to retire. And uh, might have just done that, so it might, but. To anybody out there who's thinking of uh, using chop saw um, over the next few weekends, just just be careful. That's all I'd say because they are a 
they are a specialised uh, instrument and uh, you don't want to be getting in a fight with a saw because um, the saw will always win. Um, anyway, we'll move on. I'm back. Um, I'm back and that's the main thing. Uh, we can do the podcast. Davey, bad weekend. Uh, one out of four results went our way on, on a county standings for the weekend. And uh, I suppose, you know, we'll go through them one by one. Um, the Hurlers Sunday afternoon travelled to Ballycarron or Ballycran in, in, uh, in Down and came away with their asses handed to them, 423 to 14 points. Very, very disappointing result. And yeah, I know it was a game that meant nothing, but you're just getting ready for your championship and Down have only been promoted to that division. Um, you think you know, you'd be surprised at that kind of a result as you're getting ready to go into championship. Yeah, um, on the back of last week as well, Mickey, um, yeah. the Carlo game, you very rarely get two performances and two hammerings uh, alike. You normally get a bit of a bounce six or seven days later, and that was the most worrying thing for me. Nick uh, rolled the dice, made a whole host of changes, you know, to the team, and rightly so. Um, but you're going up to play a team that you're playing in two weeks' time in the championship. Do you know what I mean? They're a team that are coming up, as you say, from Christy Ring last year to Joe McDonough. And by all accounts, they're not just coming up to make up the numbers. They're coming with it, with a real view to kicking on. Me, would have to go back up there in two weeks' time. And, that, you know, I can understand why Nick made all the changes. And, and yeah. you know, there's nothing on the game. And, and we can we could take that into account. But it's still not a good, good experience getting, as you said, your arse is handed to you. And... It's been a really difficult couple of weeks for them. Um, they just have to try and put this league campaign behind them now. They managed to stay up, which is remarkable, really, in the sense that they beat Wicklow and that did did the job for them. But going into the Joe McDonough, this year there's going to be relegation. Obviously, we know last year there wasn't, so there's not going to be any second chances this year. So they need to try and just put that out of their system and try and focus on the Joe McDonough. You know, the down game is going to be massive. I think they have Kerry and Nav, and there's a few games you could probably pick out that that the lads will have to target, but it's going to be a difficult enough championship experience again, Mickey. Yeah, is, is, is it a case of not showing your hand? Um, no pun intended, by the way. Um. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Potentially, yes. Like, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have put out his strongest team today, and, and rightly so. Down probably didn't either. The worrying That's thing, the worry. again, is the, is the margin. Do you see, yeah. like... You don't, if, not if that's that not their strongest team and that's not our strongest team if they didn't show their hand and we didn't show our hand mm. and yet they were able to put up a scoreline of 423 and we only put up 14 does that show does that say that they've got str- str- um, uh, they've got strength and depth more strength and depth than us or that their second 15 is better than our second 15 but our first 15 are way above our second 15 type thing is it something like that maybe I think it's a confidence thing uh, to be brutally honest with you like I would have said that the 8 or 9 lads who came in today had a real opportunity to put their hands up for the first round of the championship you know in two weeks time and by all accounts from what I'm led to believe I don't think there's very many that probably did that and again that's going to be a concern um, it was it was a nothing game and you were sort of on a hiding to nothing going up there very difficult journey and very difficult to try and motivate yourself particularly after the week me they've had and stuff so Again, as I said previously, just get that out of your system. Try and put the league behind you and focus on championship. That's all they can do now. Yeah, um, and you know, as you said, that championship game will take place in two weeks' time. So we wish uh, Nick and the lads the very best of luck as they take on down again in that first round of the Joe McDonald Championship. Um, moving on, Davy, and sticking with the sticks, it is the girls this time, and is the Camogues. 
Uh, very unlucky. Late rally from Antrim saw them uh, pip Mead at the final post. Um, 1-8 to Mead, 12 points to Antrim and heartbreak for these girls in the semi-final. Yeah, devastation. And Antrim have been one of their bogey teams over the last couple of years, as have most Northern teams. And by all accounts, it looked as if they might have been in for a hiding at some stage um, in the first half. They trailed by six points, seven points to one. Um, after about 20, 25 minutes, it looked fairly bleak. They were playing with the breeze. They got a penalty. Jane Dolan stuck it away, got back into the game. We're only three down at half time. Second half, they were a completely different side rejuvenated, made changes. Megan Tyne obviously arrived on the scene, um, as did Myra Kirby. She came on a, a double change that really sparked me into life. They played some absolutely brilliant camogie after that, completely dominated the game, had a co- couple of goal chances, which on another day they'd have t- taken, and they'd have kicked on and won. And in saying that, as you say, Mickey, they took the lead, entered injury time, Antrim struck two late um, points with the last puck of the game to break mead hearts I think extra time or a draw would have been a fair result you know it was a great game at Camogie um, Antrim are a very good side as well so mead mead will take great solace from it they'll be desperately disappointed in saying that that they haven't got to the final and a chance of promotion but their, their performances have been going up week on week you know the Kilkenny game was a big step up to what they've shown before that and I would say the Antrim game was another step up on the Kilkenny one. So what that tells me is they're going in the right direction towards championship. The only thing is, it's not like the hurlers. There's a bit of a layoff now. So they don't have a championship in two weeks. It's probably going to be six or eight weeks time before their championship kicks in. So any momentum that was there may be gone by then. But look, they have a few injuries and stuff that they need to sort out. They're after playing five or six weeks now, I think, on the on the yeah. trot. You know, it's, it's been really demanding. It's a thin enough squad, as we've stressed several times. But overall, Brennan Skeen and the management team can take great solace and great heart from, I suppose, what the girls uh, showed in Inish Skeen on Saturday. Yeah, I, I think it'd be uh, unfair of us as well not to um, just speak about Megan Thine and the situation that she was left in. Um, I think it's an absolute disgrace what happened on the weekend. How do the ladies' football change from playing on Sundays to playing on a Saturday for the semi-finals. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and that they couldn't come to some sort of an agreement between the Camogie and the LGFA. Um, player welfare and all that has to come into uh, uh, play. But forgetting about player welfare and all that bullshit, because common sense has to prevail at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the day. How, like, I, I, I'm really getting angry about it because it's, it's an absolute disgrace. Like, you know, it's not. It's not that. It's nearly like they they don't care. You know, like the the, the thing about it is, is that it's bad enough that the commodes have to play on a Friday and then or Saturday, and then the, the footballers have to go out and play on a Sunday. Like that's. But they've gotten used to that over the last number of weeks. But then to go and change from playing on Sundays, uh, why the LGFA had to do that? Just beggars belief. And you know. Like there's so much work done at club level by all these uh, by all these girls the clubs and the administrators and you know even even the LGFA and uh, the, the the county board and me they, they do all this work to be put in that position at the end of a season at, at the end of a league season is an absolute disgrace. I I I, I just think it'll be wrong of us to 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 like just waltz past it. Um, as if nothing, because Megan Tyne unbelievably made it over to Inish Keane for the second half of that game, which 
she should never have had been put in that position. I just she's a remarkable girl, but never should she have been put in that position. No, and Mickey, what's more is we'll hear the, her interview in the Loyal Royals podcast later in the week. It's a it's an absolutely brilliant interview she gave. Um, she's so down to earth, so modest. You know, she spoke about how it affected her in the week, you know, trying to make up the decision. She only made up her mind on Friday night what she was going to do. She went to the respective managers and she said, look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and play the first half here and play the second half there. And she came up with that decision. She felt she'd be letting our team down if she had to make a decision, which is so wrong. She's been punished for being an outstanding athlete and an outstanding servant to both the Camogie and ladies football in County Mead. And um, the performance she gave when she came on in the Camogie was outstanding. I was talking to a lad who was at the football. He said she was sensational in the first half of the football as well. Um, Just crazy to think in this day and age. And we only spoke to her in Dublin after the, the game against Dubs and Crumlin a few weeks ago. And I asked her, you know, what was the secret? And that was going, as you said, with the Saturday, Sunday. Like that Sunday, she was going down to Wexford having played for me on the Saturday. And she said, the secret is she just doesn't think about it. She just does it. And that was fine for her. But like when, when Damien was on last week, we were going through the fixtures. So Damien had it hot off the press that the football game was going to be on the Saturday too. The Camogie game was going to be on the Saturday in Inishkeen, but there was no time. So we came to the conclusion ourselves that okay, the, the game yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. The game would be at five o'clock or whatever, or you know, just to give her a chance to play the two games. Still not ideal now, and it still shouldn't happen. But she would have done that gladly. Um, but it wasn't me. It was it was it was absolute disgrace. And fair play to the Mead ladies for coming out and wearing yeah. the, the shirts and their warm up as well to support the dual players. It was a really nice touch by whoever was involved in that and uh, to really support Megan. But look at, yeah, you're, you're right, Mickey. I think it needs to be highlighted. Something needs to be done. And and like, sorry, what's more is Tipperary were in the same position on Saturday, yet their game was changed. Why? Well, because they might be perceived as being a club with higher profile players, etc. They put the squeeze on, they got their games moved and it wasn't an issue. Why wasn't it the same for me and Calvin yeah. indeed? But, but again, you know, I have issue with the LGFA for for switching from Sundays. The Camogues have had the Saturdays for the last number of yeah. weeks. Why did the why did the LGFA all of a sudden say you know, we're going to play our semi-finals on Saturday, knowing yeah. that the Camogie semi-finals would be on a Saturday? Yeah, you know, it's just it's just a complete lack of respect, lack of uh, communication, and there's somebody in there in the LGFA, they take two steps or they take one step forward and they take two steps back every single year. You just, when you think that they've got it sorted and they're going to start working properly, all of a sudden they do something like this. And it's, it's just not on. And I, you know, I, I like even Calvin ha, had dual players that were in the same situation. Um, uh, on, on Saturday, I know that the lead ladies were playing the, 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 the cabin in the, in the football which we'll get to now in a minute but anyways on our Loyal Royals podcast this week you'll be able to get full um, uh, you'll be able to get a full review of that uh, Camogie game uh, that semi-final against Antrim sorry my phone I just don't have the f- enough arms I just don't have enough hands to turn it off um, uh, we'll get a full um, a review of that game and interviews with Brendan Skeen the manager and Megan Tyne and Maggie Randall as well. Maggie, Megan Tyne, of course, the dual star that we were talking about. Davey, moving on to the bright, the brightest spark of the weekend and the brightest light of the weekend, the shining light that is the Mead Ladies footballers. 
you know, and I'm after being given about, about the LGFA. This has nothing got to do with the players. It's got nothing to do with the players and the management and or the committee in, in Mead. This is higher up in the LGFA that I have the problems. But our ladies went out and stunned Cavan in their own backyard on Saturday in Kingspan, Breffney, um, 13 points to nine. And I, I, I have seen Cavan playing over the last number of weeks and whatever. And their, their new management has brought them on leaps and bounds. They are top quality side in this country. They've got mountains of young uh, players coming through that have won all Ireland A competitions and all that. Um, our Mead ladies have been fantastic the last number of years and they have been progressively getting better and our underage system is going really, really well. And I just thought, like, we, we saw Mead against Cavan last year and Cavan looked maybe a little bit more physical and whatever, a bit stronger. I didn't know if Mead had bridged that gap yet, but by God, did they bridge that gap. Absolutely incredible. This year is going from... from Good to better to best all, all, so far for these girls. I just can't be any proud. And they get a chance to get revenge against Kerry, who beat them in the opening round of the league as well in the final, um, having beaten Cavan on the weekend. It's absolutely ideal, Mickey, the way it's worked out. I'm sure you listened to him and Murray after the game against Clare, you know, last week. And he hinted that he thought Mead were ready. He says, last year we weren't ready to play Cavan. He thought this year they were. He said the Kerry game was the best thing that could have happened to them on the back of winning the All-Ireland. You know, getting a bit of a kick up the arse, you know, for maybe a bit of a slack performance and then coming with the last three performances that they're after producing. And now, as you say, they're going to get a chance to have another crack at Kerry, which is which is just brilliant. And um, They came through a, a free kick competition in their semi-final, which was yeah, incredible dra- drama. Yeah, um, but... Absolutely brilliant. I know they were locked at, at different stages. Cavan raced into a 5-3 lead and Mead pegged them back for five each at half time. And um, I believe Mead were extremely wasteful in that first half and probably in stark contrast to last week when they converted six out of their first yes. six you know, efforts at goal. Um, I, I don't think it was anything like that. But they kept their cool. They knew that if they kept performing and they would keep creating the chances and if this could take enough of them, they'd, they'd have enough to win. I think... Uh, you know, 13 points to nine, fair enough, there wasn't the goals and the glitz and glamour that there was the week before, but it was probably never going to be. It was a big step up, as you say, to play a team like Calvin and, and a thoroughly professional second half job to to advance to the final. Um, brilliant performance. Yeah, like, it's not it's not a huge surprise. Um, no. That, you know, you just think that, you know, they're, they're going to be a team that Calvin over the last couple of years may have had just that... Indian sign over me just you know always had that little bit more and it was going to be a big ask to beat Cavan and I thought that you know me they're there thereabouts but if they win this it's only going to be by a point or it's going to be a last minute score or something like that but to go out and and, and to put in the second half performance that they put in and win by the four points you know this is a Cavan team that had beaten Monaghan Tyrone and last year's beaten All-Ireland semi-finalists Armagh you know uh, so for me, this just tells me that this Mead team are ready for senior championship, number one, mm. and are ready to play Division One football as well. And we could have a huge year following this ladies' team. Yeah, and it just teased up lovely. You know, the final against Kerry, obviously a lot at stake in two weeks' time. And then you're going into your maiden, I suppose, senior championship where you're going to be playing Tipperary and Cork, two of the biggest hitters in Ireland on the back of a really successful league campaign. I just think it's, as you say, Mickey, it's stacked up brilliantly for them. Um, I don't think they're 
their core goals will change. I think they'll want promotion, obviously. Um, and I think the first target in the championship will obviously be to maintain their status. And that's what it has to be. But I think you're right. I think this is a team that's going places and fast. You know, the progress, the, sorry, the progression that they've made, let's just say, as you say, in the last 12 months, you know, just take that, has been remarkable. And um, they're only getting better. They're only getting fitter, stronger, more confident in their own ability. The squad is getting more and more depth each and every year that they come out. Um, it's, it's exciting times, I'd say, to be, to be involved in uh, me ladies football. It really is. Yeah, yeah, it really is, and 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 I think that getting over the, getting over the 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 line against Tyrone has just made them hungrier. Uh, uh, winning that, uh, winning that, certain, getting over the line in the intermediate final, uh, last year I think just has them so hungry, uh, for more and more success, and you know it is going to be very interesting to watch them, and um, we we wish them the very best of luck in their final against Kerry. Davy, do we know when that final against Kerry is? Taking place is it next Saturday or something? No, I believe it's two weeks. Um, two I weeks. don't think there's a confirmed fixture, but I'm I'm thinking it might be a Saturday week. Um, again, time and venue and all that kind of jazz is to be uh, clarified. But hopefully by next week we should we should have it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we wish Eamon Murray and, and the girls the very best of luck. And again, you know Megan Tyne involved again, just just incredible. So um, yeah, we we wish them the very best of luck. Um, at least you won't have to worry about having to leave at halftime to go and play in a in a camogie final. That's 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 great for her, isn't it? Um, we'll move on, Davy Rice. When uh, you can hear the sarcasm, um, <laughs> we'll move on to a game we don't want to move on to, I suppose. And it would say meet against Kildare Sunday afternoon um, in Newbridge. And it ended up 114 to Kildare, 14 points to Mead, and Mead losing out on promotion um, to Division One. Um, and very, very disappointingly, uh, wasn't the best of performances as well, Davy Rispin, it has to be said. And, you know, while I was texting you during the game while I was watching it and whatever, you know, I, I thought the referee was horrendous. Um, and I thought that he. He, he stopped Mead a lot of the time when he, he was giving them freeze and they were in a position where they had the ball in hand and they were ready to move. Kildare were out of position and he'd slow down the play and he'd go over to talk to the Kildare player that was after fouling the Mead player. Wouldn't book him, wouldn't tick him or anything like that, but it gave Kildare time to get back in into their setup and whatever. And I thought that the referee was very, very poor on, on those types of decisions. But having said all that, like we still... Our performance was was way below what it needs to be. Um, very very disappointing. Yeah, I I would say borderline unacceptable for the game that it was, Mickey. You know, this has been sort of termed as our All Ireland final. You know, Damien and myself spoke about it in Lent last week how important this game was to me because of you know the way the championship is again this year being straight knockout and inevitably enough you come up against Dublin it's it's going to be difficult so by getting back to division 1 that would have represented you know a, a decent year regardless of what would happen then in the championship and um, you're going to play Kildare aside who have been kind of um knocking on the door of division 1 for a number of years and you knew that they were going to be bang up for going up to Newbridge it's a place that we probably don't have the best of records in recent times and but they're a side that obviously we put to the sword, what, six or seven months ago, you know, in the championship in Crow Park. And uh, the flatness of the performance was the most concerning aspect for me, particularly in the first half, Mickey. The, you know, Mead were 1-2 or 1-3 to no score down before they really got going. Um, 
and and that was with Kildare losing two of their I suppose shining lights and Paul Cribben and Jimmy Hyland and then obviously Kevin Feely goes off towards the latter stages of the first half as well you know um, and Dan Flynn was unavailable through a hamstring injury too so like they were three or four of their massive players in saying that Mead obviously then lose Donald Kogan and Brian yeah. Menton which was you know a massive loss by all accounts but we only started playing when we went eight or nine points down and ultimately despite giving a good go of it at that stage and we had the extra man for a while it, it was far too late and we played for about 15 minutes and overall that's never going to be good enough like that's a decent Kildare side don't get me wrong but are they a side that Mead should really be I won't say fear him but you know yourself Mickey we, we definitely shouldn't uh, shouldn't have any sort of fear going in to play them on the back of last year's performance it was just it was disappointing I agree sorry I agree fully on your um, views on the referees' performance, I thought, I thought the same, and it was gas because you were on to be in half time, and then the second half things just progressively got worse. And you know, you could you could tell the players were getting frustrated. Andy was getting frustrated. We'll hear it in the Loyal Royals as well. Um, there was a few different things, but yeah, overall just a disastrous day to be honest. Yeah, and you know, it was it's funny because I was at the Cavan game yesterday, and obviously Cavan lost to Longford and got relegated back to Division Four for the first time that you know a lot of people can recollect. And then that this performance by Mead against Kildare today, um, what I what what I what I could take from both of the games is that the two winning teams were aggressive, um, aggressive in the tackle, um, you know it was a it was a one hit one shot. Do you know what I mean? Like you you had one opportunity not to be quoting Eminem all the time or whatever. <laughs> I thought but, you were going to start singing the song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know, like yeah, it was it was like. It was nearly uh, both Calvin and me just lacked a little bit of something, hunger. you know, a hunger, and 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 stood back off them. Like when you look at when me, whenever Mead were in possession, there was Kildare fellas hopping off the Mead lads, and um, and they, they put on a squeeze. Looking at it for, uh, uh, on GA Go Davy, I don't know if I could get a full view of what was happening really. But when Kildare get the ball, did Mead retreat because? They all, their half-back line and their full-back line coming out with the ball always seemed to have loads of space. There was nobody putting a hand on. So I'm wondering, did we re- retreat? But then, when they got to midfield area or whatever, they were able to pump long balls into one-on-one situations or two-on-two situations. So for me, that would suggest that we crowded the middle third, but on our, our 45 side if you know what I mean, like on our, our side towards the R45, because there seemed to be plenty of room out around their 65 for them to kick the long ball in. And then there seemed to be one-on-one situations in inside. So it was very hard to see what was going on there. But one thing's for sure, we weren't putting a hand on them. No, we, we weren't. And yeah, particularly in the first half, Kildare yeah. literally shot scores at the Rees. Neil Flynn was kicking serious points. Um McLaughlin, when he came on for Jimmy Hyland, kicked a couple of great scores. Derek Irwin in the second half. Kevin Feely kicked a couple of monster points in the first half as well. Um, who was marking? Who was marking McLaughlin? I, I, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out who was marking McLaughlin. It would have been either. I think it would have been Seamus Lavin. Um, okay. And and yeah, like he he wasn't obviously programmed to start McLaughlin. He came on and you know he ended up with five points, um, four frees or sorry, two two, two frees, three frees and two from play, and two from play, okay. but. Um, it was a very simple sort of game plan that Jack O'Connor enabled. It was literally catch and kick. Mark Donlan is a great goalkeeper. He's been around for a long time. He has an ability to pick out 
these big men in the middle of the field are ball winners, right? But they utilised Kevin Feely when they had him inside. He caused havoc. And as you said, Mickey, more often than not, when a big long ball was launched in, it was Kevin Feely jumping up against one mead defender. And if he didn't win it clean, he was breaking it to the lads running off. And that was a massive concern. And just the lack of sort of urgency and, as you say, pressure, you know, on, on the Kildare man was, was the most disappointing and worrying aspect of it. Um, and on the flip side of that, you know, we, we definitely had chances um, in the first half, but we kicked some really, really bad wides, which is sort of uncharacteristic to what we've been doing so far this year. I think it's fair to say um, the one real shining light, I would say, on, on the basis of it was Carl Lakey. Um, absolutely outstanding again from wing back, kicked two outstanding points. In the absence of Kyogi, then when he went off, he really stepped into the birch and gave everything he had. He was completely gassed by the end of it, but he gave an incredible effort. But uh, overall, we just didn't have enough players who gave uh, a similar performance to what Chick did. I thought the Kelsman did well. I thought Fionn Ryan had an yeah, excellent. Yeah. yeah, I thought he had an excellent uh, uh, full debut, um, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. The first full start, um, I thought he was excellent. Um, you know, there was it was it was. A, it was a horrible, it's a horrible pitch and it's a horribly tight pitch and there's bumps and molds and, and there was lads going over on their ankles and everything and, you know, a lot of injuries in, 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 the, in the opening few minutes and whatever. But still and all, I just, I can't put my finger on what, what it was, but we were wasteful. But then again, we were wasteful under pressure. It wasn't that we kicked wides and that were straight in front of the post with no one in front of you. There was a couple of frees that you now... Brian McMahon's free you know Brian McMahon will be having nightmares about that for years to come I know he will um, but it is criminal you, you can't be missing them it was at a pivotal point as well it was just before the water break in the second half yeah. you get that score you know you get that score just before the water break and it gives your, your manager something else to talk about instead of you know you know the fact that when you go into the water break their other their manager is going to be saying look their heads are down they're after missing that score we go, uh, we go, and we, we we chase them down. But we knew that we knew that Kildare would would, would would you know falter towards the last quarter, and we did try to make hey five five minutes to go. Literally, we're just after being told that there's going to be five additional minutes. It's about thirty five minutes and twenty seconds on the clock. Mead win a free, and then a melee breaks out, and um, a few Mead players get sent off. A couple of Kildare players get. Uh, yellow card or whatever the, the ensuing battle or whatever it was went on for the guts of four or five minutes and we restarted we got the score and but the problem is is that we lost five minutes of time but the referee didn't play five additional time, minutes of time on top of that so <laughs> discipline was was that an issue like okay I, from what I've heard rumours wise and whatever you know, what the Kildare players did to start the row is disgusting. But at that stage, do we not have to hold our heads and say, no, we've got five minutes to sort this sort this out, like we're three points down? We do, and I think it's a wider problem, Mickey. I'll, I'll be honest with you. We've had a significant number of black cards in the league campaign to date. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say on average about two a game. Now, we've got away with it to an extent, I suppose, against Westmead and, and down. You know, we got the results, but 
against Mayo, you know, we lost a number of players. We we had 13 players for a lot of the second half against Mayo. Um, and then obviously getting the two red cards, you know, Breen Conlon was on a yellow card and he comes in as the, the third man in, I suppose, ended up getting a straight red card. Connor McGill retaliated for what we believe was a disgusting act. And again, I, I would I would sort of back him up if that was the case. You know, I, I would fully um you know agree with him kind of lashing out if that was the case. But even even saying that you're right, it was our free. Mickey Newman was about to put it over the bar um to reduce it to four. And then we eventually the free went over. We got another point then through Jordy Morris. We got it back to the goal and then we did fashion that last gasp chance where Killian O'Sullivan sort of scuffed the shot, landed at the feet of Campo and in fairness Mark Donlan came out and smothered him as he did with Fionn Riley's effort previously in the half as well and uh, that was all she wrote but you're right we actually had a bit of impetus and a bit of momentum just before that melee broke out and that sort of disrupted everything and um, ultimately we just kind of played into Kildare's hands I suppose and as we said, finished 114 to 14 points in favour of Kildare. And Kildare will be playing their trade at Division 1 level next year. And again, it's back to the or stay in Division 2 for me, which is a very, very tough division to get out of, as we already know. So it's going to be another Division 2 campaign for me in 2022. Davey, um, we will be doing full um, uh, extensive reviews of all those games. And we have interviews with the likes of Andy McEntee. Brendan Skeeton, the Camogie manager. We have Megan Thine, Maggie Randall um, from the Camogues as well. We have a, uh, an update as well on the ladies' football from Fergal Harney. And, um, you know, there's plenty uh, on our Patreon service this week. Um, but we're going to move on now and do our club fixtures for the upcoming week. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact P.R. Coyne & Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Yeah, absolutely, Mickey. So I think first off, we should probably look back on last week's results quickly, will we, to just pick out the results and maybe talk about a couple that may, might stand out. So um, first off was the Fesh Cup in Group A last weekend, and I'll run through the fixtures and we might look back on them then. First one up was Navin O'Mahony's comprehensive win over Curraha, 418 to six points. Second game up was St. Peter's Dunboyne, uh, doing a bit of a job on Summerhill, 314 to one five. I believe Summerhill were... Uh, very much under strength in that one, but it's still a massive win for St. Peter's Dunboyne. Gail Column Kill came through a cracker against Dunmore Ashburn, 215 to 310. They left it late, but the Kells men got back to winning ways. And I suppose um, that, that's great for Larwall and the Kells lads to sort of get that final defeat from last year out of their system and get a win on the board early on. But good effort from Dunmore Ashburn in that one. Mm-hmm. And the final game, arguably probably the standout result in this game, in this group, sorry, Dunshockland, 13 points, Manalvi, 2-11. So um, a big uh, four-point win for Manalvi there away to Dunshockland, Mickey. Yeah, um, 
I'm just trying to think back to your predictions from last week, Davy Risman, and uh, that's 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 where I'm uh, sitting here at the moment, trying to remember. I know I listened to it while I was lying in a hospital bed during the week, um, but I'm trying to remember how you predicted all those games. I, I'm going to say three from four. Uh, I got the first three right, and I, I'll hold my hands up. I would not have expected Manalvi to go to Dunshockland as under strength as they were and get a result. You know, they're missing Killian O'Sullivan, Porra Karen, and the Hurlers. Um, that's an absolutely brilliant win against the Dunshockland side who would have been, I won't say they would have been at full strength because Matt Costello and, and maybe one or two others with the 20s, but I would yeah. have said Dunshockland would have been hot favourites to win that. So that's a brilliant start to the year for Manalvi. So uh, three out of four in that group, Mickey, I'll take that. So we'll uh, we'll move on. I, to the... I'll have to listen back, but we'll say it's three out of four of you. Yeah, sure. Uh, we'll we'll go to Group B then of the Fesh Cup and Wolf Tones recorded a five point victory over St Column Kills. It was Wolf Tones one twelve, St Column Kills ten points. Screen took on New Boys Ballinabracky and Screen emerged two point victors on a scoreline of two eleven to one twelve. A really good and entertaining game in Screen last Wednesday night. The next game up was your own Simonstown Gales, Mickey, and uh, again left it late. It, this probably sounds a little bit more comprehensive than I think it was, but it was Retour yeah. 3-7, Simonstown Gales 3-12. We might come back to that one in a minute. And the final game in Group B was Nafina 2-11, Sentencetown 2-9 in a repeat of last year's senior championship meeting between the sides. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think. I think you gave Balanabraki the, the nod against screen. I um, did, I yeah. I, I, th- I thought that was a decent outside... Yeah, yeah, it was and and like they weren't far off. And in fairness, too, Balnebracky having travelled um, for eleven days the whole way across the screen, um, you know, so fair play to them. They would have been well jet lagged um, uh, by the time they got the screen. Yeah, and a great effort from them. You know, they started really slow. I think screen went into a six or seven point lead, and it looked quite ominous for them. And um, but again, in that typical. Balnebracky fashion, they fought back and got themselves into it, um, but just left it a little bit too late and uh, ultimately just fell short of what would have been a great start. But they play Nafina, which will come to in a few minutes, and that'll be a really good local derby next weekend. Um, the the it's other one is, is Simonstown, Mickey. Yeah. Talk to us about Simonstown. Yeah, um, uh, left it late. Um, two late goals as well um, that they needed as well to to just put some distance between themselves and Rathout. I think Rathout went into an early lead in that one. But um, yeah, look, it's uh, it's great to, getting the first win is what it's all about um, on the first day out. And Simonson will be really, really happy uh, to have won in the manner that they did and to to get so, many, so much football into the lads as well. I saw the team that was named as well. And, and there, there was a couple of lads missing, some of the main main players missing, and obviously Breen Connell uh, as well. So, um, yeah, look, Simonson would be really happy with that result, um, especially beating the, the, the current uh, Keegan Cup holders. It's, uh, it's putting down a, a stamp and saying, look, this is this is where, where we're at so far this year. Mm. I think I can only claim two from four in this group, Mickey. I think at the tones and your own Simonstown, I didn't yeah. obviously predict screen. And, Nafina, I, I went the other way around, um, but Nafina reversed the form table to last year's meeting in the championship. So good win for them against Sanchezen first day out as well. Yeah, um, Sanchezen, of course, you know a team that we 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 think will 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 have made great progression this year, and um, so it'll be interesting to see um, uh, what what way they go, and it'll be interesting to see the 
the power rankings in a couple of weeks' time as well, David Risman, but we'll come back Absolutely, yeah, we will indeed. <laughs> um, moving on, Mickey, to the Cornabonia. So in Group A of the Cornabonia last week, St. Michael's recorded uh, the narrowest of wins over Sydney in a North Mead derby. It was 111 to the Michaels, 110 to Sydney in a really close and hard-fought game in Carlinstown. Ballon Locke um, succumbed to Nobber in a high-scoring and entertaining game as well. Another North Mead derby, 3-10 to Ballon Locke, 4-13 to Nobber. So Anthony Monaghan getting off to a win and start as Nobber manager. Vinnie Ryan not getting off to win and start as Ballon Locke manager. Um, and final game in that group was Martin McGovern's Mead Hill off to a win and start as well. 117 to a drastically understrength Beliver side who travelled to Mead Hill another trek for them they put up 13 points but um, a decent 7 point victory for Mead Hill there yeah I was following the Ballon Lock and Nauber game and, and Ballon Lock were this game was to and fro and then all of a sudden Ballon Lock were 5 or 6 points ahead if I remember correctly and then I looked at the score at the end of it and Nauber had reeled them in and ended up winning the game by 6 points so uh, an incredible game of football there you're always going to get drama and uh, uh, when Ballon Lock are playing that's for sure and then the Mead Hill game, of course, and Martin McGovern, uh, delighted for Martin uh, getting his first victory. And again, over the, the promoted side from last year, Beliver, and they wouldn't have wanted to go into that game so under strength. But uh, such is the way things are at the moment for them. And uh, look, Mead Hill will, will, will take that victory. And scoring 117 is quite impressive as well at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I think Beliver were missing, you know, seven or eight key personnel in terms of lads involved with the hurlers and under 20s and stuff. So, you know, can't read too much into that. They would have probably tried out a few. The Michaels and Sidden game was an interesting one, Mickey, because Sidden led by three points, I think, going into injury time. And Michaels reeled off four points um, in injury time to re- record a remarkable comeback uh, win over Sidden, who were without the services of Darrow as well. So, I, to be honest with you, I wouldn't have expected Sidden to put up such a fight, but I think Davy Cal will be disappointed that they didn't just hang on. Um, Kieran Lynch inspiring St. Michael's off the bench, making his seasonal reappearance. But um, I'm three from three in that group, Mickey. I'm happy with that. Um, yeah. Good start. <laughs> yeah, Davy Cal and Sidden just on that as well. Like, you know, that's a team that I, 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 I want to keep a close eye on this year. Um, I do think that, uh, you know, the, they're, they're an awful lot better than they've shown in, 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 in recent years. And, uh, yeah, um, I suppose the obviously they played Division One football um, in 2019. I think it was so. They, they, there is potential there, so it's an interesting one there as well. I'm going to follow them closely this year. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on then to Group B of the Cornabonia and Walterstown were beaten at home by Delique Bellustown on a scoreline of Walterstown 114, Delique Bellustown 313. So big win there for Delique Bellustown, who you'd imagine will be one of the front runners for the Intermediate Championship this year. Rakenny, um, that is a typo because Blackhall Gales beat Rakenny by 214 to uh, 13 points. So a seven-point win for Blackhall Gales against Rakenny, contrary to what we're looking at on the website. I was website. just going to say, I was going to say that I was following this game and Blackhall Gales were well ahead. Can't believe Rakenny reeled them in and ended up taking two goals off them. <laughs> Yeah, and they've, they've got the two points on the table as well. So I think someone might need to look into that and maybe get that corrected because you know yourself, if that's manifested and is let go for four or five weeks, who's to say that 
you know, all things won't on, change. But all depends on the referees to report, so it does. Yeah, absolutely. And the final game in that group was a comprehensive win for St. Pat's Mickey over Clannagale. Really impressive yeah. stuff for Dahi White and Ronan Curran's first game in charge in Stamullen. They'll be delighted with that. 121, huge score put up against Clannagale's 1 8. You know, it's fascinating because Clannagale, obviously, in their first year in intermediate last year, got to a preliminary quarter final. St. Pat's ended up in relegation trouble in the Intermediate Championship. It's an amazing turnaround in fortunes. Again, Clannagale were probably a little bit short. Yeah, but, but in saying that, take nothing away from St. Pat's. That's a great start for them and the lads will be delighted with that. Yeah, um, uh, Dahi White and uh, Kearns there, like um, Ronan Kearns. You know, I think St. Pat's had bottomed out and, you know, Dahi White and, and Ronan have come in at the right time and, and the only way is up for them. Um, this is an unbelievable group, I think. Um, I think that Waterstown are definitely in the top six of the Intermediate Championship. Um, you're looking at probably four, four out of the top six in, in, in this group, maybe. Um, top six or seven, anyway. Um, and and like that's a huge win for the league Bellius under their new management as well, of the, the, the two Sheridan brothers. Um, Black All Gales getting their win over Rakeni. Rakeni would have been short one or two with maybe the under 20s. And of course, um, uh, um, the main man, um, of course, uh, playing with the lead seniors. So, um, yeah, um, wouldn't read too much into Rakeni. Rakeni needed their full complement um, when they're going out to play. Yeah, and I actually spoke with Alan Nestor from Black All Gales after it as well. He was. He said, you know, Rakeni probably weren't at optimum fitness either, as you probably wouldn't expect first day out. He says, they'll, they'll be all right come championship, but they probably have a little bit of work to do yet. Blackhall Gales have been operating with massive numbers, as I said a couple of weeks ago. They're putting in three teams this year, you know, in football, yeah. which is great to see. Um, they've started really well. That's a great win for them. They would have had almost a full complement with the exception of maybe um, a couple with Stephen Morris and the Hurlers as well as Shane Whitty. Aside from that, they would have been fairly full strength. So good win for Black Hall. Um, and yeah, that's going to be a, a, a decent group as well, Mickey, as we as we watch it going on. Yeah, that's it is. It's a, it's 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 my favorite group out of all of the three uh, uh cup competitions. I think there's a lot of big hitters all in the one group there. Yeah, absolutely. And the final group in the Cornabonia group C, um Longwood took a heavy beating at home to Bechtov. It finished Longwood 1-7, Bechtov 2-19, so a debut. Um, win for Ted Dowd in charge of Bechtov so great start for Ted um, Drumbara took a heavy beating at home to Trim it was Drumbara 116 Trim 224 a massive result there for Trim 1-6 one, one or 116? 1-6 sorry Mickey I was trying to do Drumbara a favour was I by giving yeah. him an extra 10 points it still wouldn't have been enough but uh, yeah that's a huge win for Trim Kevin Riley's first game against Cueven King's first game obviously in charge of Drumbara Um so I think that's just a bit of a statement of intent to the Intermediate Championship that Trim, without the services of a number of players due to county commitments, still are um, a daunting prospect for anyone in the Intermediate Championship this year. Um, Dundery getting revenge for their Championship defeat to Kilmainham last year by recording a home victory. one ten. it finished Dundry to Kilmainham, seven points again. Kilmainham without the service of Mickey Newman, Declan Mullen with the 20s as well, two key players you know, so they would have been massive losses. But Dundry weren't at full strength themselves, so they'll be pleased with that good start for them. And the final game in that group was the big Northmead derby between Oldcastle and Myla. And Oldcastle, despite a valiant effort from Myla, um, got the job done in Millbrook on a scoreline of 17 points to 111. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And 
I suppose it was the closest of all the contests in in, in that division. Three point victory for Old Castle, and um, you know Myla uh, definitely uh, gave their fill of it to Old Castle. Old Castle just uh, getting away with it and getting the three point victory. So um, yeah, uh, as well looking at it, Trim, you know, statement of intent for the year, and I suppose Bective, who you know. Who can, who can put it up to anybody on their day, beating Trim in the last couple of years as well in the championship and stuff like that. Um, probably the Jekyll and Hyde of the Intermediate Championship, uh, starting off on a good note anyway, getting that huge victory over Longwood. Longwood with a lot of hurlers as well on their team. And mm. um, obviously then Dundry uh, getting revenge for their loss to Kilmainham in the championship last year. So yeah, interesting one there as well. Yeah, and I know Aaron Lynch didn't start for Trim as well. He came on and did a bit of untold in the second half, but they didn't even need him to start to, to get that massive win up. So that's probably oh. another feather in the cap as well, do you know? I wonder why he didn't start. Mm, carrying, carrying a bit of an injury, um, <laughs> I believe. Um, and, and look at a positive enough performance, I think, from Myla as well, I have to say. You know, Oldcastle yeah. is going to be a decent side this year. Myla, there's three going down from the intermediate that will be... Red hot favourites to be one of the three going down. Skinner Enix from Bormean has gone in to manage them this year, which is a fascinating appointment too. Um, my own clubmate Barney O'Rourke has gone in as a coach slash selector with him as well. So really interesting dynamic there in Myla. They'll be fighting fires, but you know they'll they'll like that. That's the way they they like to operate down there. But uh, absolutely, yeah, it's a, a it's it's a good start to the cup competition for them, and uh, you know um, if they can keep that up. There's no reason why they won't be able to avoid that bottom three in the intermediate championship. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tonta Cup, uh, Group A, St. Vincent's recorded a comfortable enough victory over St. Ultons in Ardcat. It was St. Vincent's 115, St. Ultons 11 points, so a seven point win for the Vincent's, uh, beating junior finalists from last year, of course. Uh, Karen Ross and Kilbride played out an entertaining uh, draw in Karen Ross on Wednesday night. It finished Karen Ross 2 9, Kilbride 1 12. Um, two good young up and coming sides there. Um, Dunsany grounded out against St. Bridget's, a gallant St. Bridget's side um, over in Dunsany last Wednesday night. Again, Dunsany probably a little bit short, but Bridget's, they're in that group on merit because they obviously finished second in their group last year. So th- they'll be they'll be happy enough with, I suppose, the performance. They finished Dunsany 13 points, St. Bridget's 8 points, so five-point victory for Dunsany. And in the final group game in that group, a massive win for Castletown. We speculated what they might come down and produce in the early weeks of the season, and it's ominous, really, Mickey. 3-16 to Minolte's 10 points, so a massive 15-point victory for Castletown over Minolte, who have been a, a decent side in the junior for the last couple of years. Yeah, Dublin, uh, uh, Castletown, the Dublin of the Junior Championship. You know, it's it's like uh, it's like playing in the Leinster Championship. It's like, you know, you want to avoid Dublin as long as possible, but you can't get out of Leinster without winning, uh, without beating Dublin. Is it going to be the same for all the teams in the Junior Championship this year with, with Castletown down there? You know, like they're, that's that's a huge win. Minalty, as we know, really, really good uh, side over the last number of years in the junior championship losing by 15 points um, the one the one that uh, I remember when when we got the fixtures the very first week that the fixtures came out we went through them but we didn't do any um, speculation on games or anything like that but we picked out one or two I thought that the Carter Ross Kilbride one for me in this group was one that stood out and uh, it lived up to that billing for me uh, ended up being a draw I think Kilbride are another side that are uh, making great strides we know Carter Ross's credentials and uh, yeah, Dunsany, we predicted a win over St. Bridget's. 
um, Bridget's valiant uh, as ever. And then I suppose the, the St. Vincent's win, um, you know, it looks like a fairly comfortable win against St. Dalton's. And I thought that this year St. Dalton's might, you know, show a little bit more than they did maybe the last couple of years. And they got to a semi-final last year of the junior championship. And I thought that they might, but, you know, St. Vincent's showing their steel there. So, yeah, look, it's a, that's, that's a really interesting group as well. And is it going to be Castletown that are just going to waltz through that group? and Railroad. Railroad, everybody, Davey. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think they'll have decent games probably against St. Vincent's, Dunsany and Karen Ross to come in that group. I think they'll be really tasty games. Um, a few little bits to pull out of it. Gary Rogers came on for St. Dalton's. Um, Gary obviously recently retired a professional goalkeeper in the League of Ireland. He came on and kicked two or three points from freeze for the Ultons. So that's a plus for them, obviously. Um, so it be interesting to see if he gets a start this week when they play. I'm trying to think who the Ultons played this week. I'm not actually sure. I think it could be. No, it's not the Bridgets. Um, I'll tell anyway, you, we'll, you we'll come to that. So Dalton's will play Dunsany this week. Dunsany, okay, big game there. The other one, as I said last week, I tipped up. They were my other kind of outside bet to, to win was Kilbride last week because they played Blackhall Gales last Monday morning and in a challenge and were only beaten by a point by Blackhall Gales, a very good intermediate side. So on the basis of that, I went with a Kilbride win oh, over Carnross right. and they just came up short. They had a man sent off with about 10 minutes to go and Carnross finished like a train, got one three um, could have won it as well at the death, but probably the fair result overall. Carnross have a lot of young players and the older lads haven't really gone back yet. Um, the likes of the McGee's, Killian Porter, Decky Riley, none of those guys are back, which is, you know, it's a little bit of a concern in Can Ross. I know training numbers haven't been the highest and that kind of thing. So um, decent start for Kilbride, though. You know, they'll be delighted with that. Probably a little bit disappointed not to get the win, but, you know, getting a point off Can Ross, I think, is a, is a decent result for them. Yeah, it's all coming back to me now in the haze of all the um, the painkillers and everything I was I was on in the hospital. I remember you uh, saying that you'd heard about the Kilbride game against Blackhall Gales and that you heard that there was in Karen Ross that there wasn't a full complement of players back training and stuff and that you were going to give Kilbride the nod against Karen Ross. So you were lucky not to get the result there, Davey. Yeah, I think aside from that, I think good full marks in that one and the intermediate was quite good as well. So... The senior was probably where I fell down, which is why I'm not a senior footballer, Mickey. So, uh, <laughs> um, final group is Group B in the Talton Cup. And first up was Boards Mill recording a comprehensive two, 222 to four point victory over Clannard. Um, Boards Mill, side that we've talked about in depth on the podcast already this year. Kilmaine and Woods in a North Mead derby against from Condrath. Um, they scored a, an easy enough victory as well. 3-12 to Drum Condrits, 1-8. It was Slain, 1-8. Courtown, 17 points. And the final game was St. Paul's, who were welcome back to first-team football. Great to see. And they put up nine points, which is, you know, in fairness to them, that's a, that's a great effort from them at home at pace against St. Mary's Denor, who uh, crashed in 5-18. So a, a routine victory for the Marys there. But great to see St. Paul's back. Yeah, absolutely. And, and great to see them playing against the first teams um, and not being playing against second and third teams down in the lower ranks. But um, yeah, it won't be easy for St. Paul's, but, you know, um, it's, it's where they should be, if you ask me. Um, Boards Mill, again, you know, missing Danny Dixon as well um, for this game uh, on county duty and whatever, and um, still managed to come out and score 222 against Clannard. Um, 
Kilmain and Wood and Drum Condrick. I know Drum Condrick were at an all-time low last year and whatever. Jody Clark has come in there to stem the tide. I think that if that game was played this time last year, that Kilmain and Wood probably would have scored even more. So that could be seen as progression for Drum Condrick. And then, of course, uh, Cortown getting revenge on the Slain boys um, on last year's championship show. Um, and Davy Rispin uh, scoring eight of 17 points on the day, I believe. Is that right? That's right, Mickey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great way. Tell, to me, tell me about every single one of them <laughs> in depth. Well, how long do you have? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it was it was a brilliant win. We were delighted with it because I think every club was in the same boat going into the first round of games last week. You don't quite know where you're at. You haven't even had a challenge match for most. Um, but we were quietly confident going in. The training has gone well and we didn't really know what Slane were going to be like and um, you know, they're young and they're facing that as well, but we, we kind of stamped our authority on it in the first half and uh, we seen it out in the second half game management. We probably could have and should have won by a bit more. Slane got in for 1-3 in the last five minutes. We made a few changes in that, but um, it was a comfortable enough victory and 17 points for us to be putting that up. We It's a while since we probably put 17 points up on the scoreboard, to be honest, so we're pleased with it, but we know there's bigger tests to, to come. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, But... Uh, Look, Slane, Slane, as you said, beat you in the championship last year. So uh, there are no does, as people say. And, uh, you know, that just shows you that you are making progression. Looking through it, the big teams that you'll have to face, probably Boards Mill, St. Mary's, Denor, and, and Kilmaine and Mud. You always have ding-dong battles with Kilmaine and Mud. So, and they're just, they just just happen to be the other three teams that won on the weekend. And looking at the table, Davey, um, your eight-point victory only got you into fourth place. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have uh, the, the luxury of playing um, one of the lesser lights, shall we say, in the group. <laughs> so that's probably why. But look, at it, it's, it's early days. So I think the nature of this group, sorry as well, I must add, that Group B in the Talton Cup, only the winner goes through to the semi-final. Okay. So in Group A, the winner of Group A goes straight to the final. But second in Group A goes into a semi-final where they'll play the winner from Group B. So in Group B, you literally can't afford to lose a game. If you want to keep it in your own hands, you have to win all your games. And uh, that's why it's going to be really um, enticing, I think, group as it goes on. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be really, really interesting. And, and, and of course, we'll be keeping a tight eye on all these groups as they um, play out over the next seven or eight weeks. But uh, there is more football coming up this week, Davey Rispin. And... The Fesh Cup, so we'll, we'll run through the fixtures and we're going to give our predictions, okay? So, uh, Fesh Cup, this Wednesday evening, Dunamore, Ashburn take on St. Peter's Dunboyne. Who are you going for there, Davey? Dunamore, Ashburn and St. Peter's Dunboyne. I think St. Peter's Dunboyne with the Gavin McCoy, Donald Lenehan and and who knows who else is back on, on the back of their great win last weekend should uh, get a victory against the Dunamore, Ashburn side who fought hard against Kells but just ran out of juice at the end. I think Dunboyne will have too much. Yeah, I've, I've gone for a uh, Dunboyne win here as well. I think that, you know, the way they demolished Summerhill as well. I know Summerhill were depleted and whatever, but yeah. we've often spoken about the strength and depth that, that Summerhill, Summerhill have um, and the amount of numbers that they have over there. So I'm going to go for a uh, Dunboyne win as well. Um, Summerhill are taking on Dunshockland uh, on Wednesday night. This one being ref by David Goff. So who are you going to go for there, Davey? This is already a big. This one. is a big game already, you know, yeah. because both sides coming off the back of losses. Um, 
Big losses. Yeah, well, definitely Dunchocklands in terms of they would have expected to, to have yeah. beaten probably Manalvi at home. Um, I don't know how Davy Dalton didn't play, Barry Dardis didn't play. Um, there was one or two others. Obviously, Ronan Ryan wasn't playing. The likes of Con- uh, Owen Frayne and a number of others who were involved in minor teams and under-20s didn't play. So I think Dunchocklands, uh, Mickey, will, will get what might be a little bit of a mini-shock. Well, you're gonna, that. you're gonna, yeah, would be, yeah. Well, I've gone for Summerhill, just the fact that it is in Summerhill as well. Mm. Um, I think that um, that'll stand to them. Um, Davy's going for Dunchocklin, great. We've got a little bit of a difference already. Uh, the next game up is Minalvi and Navin O'Matneys, who had a great win on the weekend. Both teams on the back of good victories. Yeah, I'm going to get a reputation now for picking against Minalvi every week, and they're going to probably be the pantomime villain and end up winning all their games and really spoiling it. But I, I like Davin O'Matney's. I think that, that's a great win for them. I know Curahau were drastically under strength and stuff, but I think it was great to see Davin O'Matney's put up a big score and put in a decent performance. And I think they'll want to build on that. Won't be easy going over to Manalvi, but I think with almost our full complement, they, they should pick up another win against Manalvi. Yeah, you're you're using loads of stats and whatever to pick your winner here. Um, I'm using Colin O'Brien as the fact that I'm picking. Oh Minalvi. dear, I'm picking my Nalvi. <laughs> you just heard pantomime villain, and you said okay. Yeah, I heard pantomime villain, a villain, and it reminded me of Colin O'Brien. Um, <laughs> Jamie, the next game up, he's gonna he's gonna be. I, my my uh, WhatsApp and my my messenger is going to be pinging now. So it is when he hears all this. Um, Curaha and Gail Colum kill this game in Curaha. I think this will be a landslide Gail Colum kill win. Um, I do worry for Curaha. They have so many lads unavailable and out through injury. I think Gail Colum kill looked strong last week. Decent panel, obviously, with the exception of the two lads in Jordy and and Fionn. Um, they still had an awful lot of lads out injured last week. I think Liam Ferguson was missing. Bino Hanlon only came on as a second half substitute as well, and um, completely turned the game mind. But I think Gail uh, Cumkill are only going to get stronger, and I think they, they should record a, a straightforward um, victory here, Mick. Yeah, both of us going for Gail Cumkill Kells in this one. Uh, Davy, the next one up is Simonstown against Screen. This one in Simonstown. The referee is Andrew Smith. Yeah, and the Colm O'Rourke Derby back in full yeah. uh, flight, which is great to see. Um, Screen will be pleased with the win against Ballinabrack. You don't think they'll be pulling up any trees in the back of it. Um, but Simonstown, just just like Simonstown, I'm getting good vibes from them, Mickey. Um, and, you know, I know you said they weren't exactly at full strength, but with the exception of Brian Conlon, everybody else is sort of available to play should they be fit and stuff like that. I know there, there is some, some injuries still in the ranks, but I think Simonstown should make a back-to-back wins. Yeah, Davy and Mickey both going for Simonstown. Uh, Balnebracchi are taking on Nafina. This one is uh, this one would be nearly a local derby, would it? It it is because I was actually <laughs> I was chatting to um, was it Brandon Byrne in the week? Yeah, and you know I was saying she's hard luck, good effort, you know, and he was saying yeah, yeah, happy out with it. Um, who have you this week up Nafina in Balnebracchi? And I just said to him, Jesus, I suppose that has to be a bit of a derby, and he says. Well, I suppose it is, you know. They haven't played them in about 10 years. But uh, great for them to be playing teams, I suppose, in that company and, and bringing them to Boyne Park. It should be a fascinating duel. Um, Alnebracchi um, or Nafina, uh, Davy. Nafina, um, do you know what? I'm going to stick to the. I'm going to stick with the Brax, Mickey. I think oh, home advantage, it's, it's a bloody tough place to go. And... Uh, yeah, I think it's a bit of a fortress there. Let's go for the Brax. 
Yeah, I'm going for the Brax as well in this local derby where Nafina only have to travel for four days to get there. Um, <laughs> every other team has to travel at least 11 days. So that's what makes it a local derby. But uh, yeah, I've gone for Ballinabracky here too. Um, yeah, I think they're going to relish the chance of playing against one of their nearest neighbours um, down in Boyne Park, as you said. Uh, the next game up we have is Centralstown and Wolf Tones. Um, I'm going to go for the, the Tones in this one, David. Yeah, I, I will as well. Quite impressed with that victory over St. Column Kills last week. St. Column's kill side that included, you know, the likes of Ben 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 Brennan and Biggie Riley and stuff and reduced them to just 10 points, which is great going. Um, defensively look to be kind of a little bit more shored up. They always have forwards that are going to cause teams problems. And I think Wolf Tone should have a little bit more firepower, Mickey. Yeah, and in the final game uh, of the Fesh Cup, we have seen Column Kills taking on Rotold. I've gone for a Rotold win. You've gone for a Rotold win. I'm going to go with a St. Column Kills win. Oh, interesting. That mm. is interesting. So, um, any reason why, Davey? Just the number of county men still concerns me. I know they put it up to Simon's time without all those guys um but i think st column kills back on home turf they need a win you know on the back of last week and you'd like to think that they'd come out with a reaction so yeah that'll be tight though there'll be there'll be won't be much in that but yeah yeah okay on to the cornabonia now davy and uh the first up we have is sidden and mead hill and uh this one sidden losing out by a single point mead hill getting that uh great victory in round one against beliver so um this this is a hard enough one to call. I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for a Sydney win here. So I am. I'm gonna just because they were lucky to lose out by that solitary point, and Mead Hill were against an under strength side. Were they were they pushed enough now last week? And um, you know, like were, were the opposition strong enough? I'm gonna go for a, a Sydney win here, and that's unlike me. I, I, I I'm a Mead Hill fan. Mm. It's the Davy Cahill Derby. The the the, the ghost of Davy Cattle past and present with Mead Hill and Sidden. <laughs> um, no, I, I think Mead Hill will back it up. I, I do. I, I think Darrow's, they got 110 last week. I think that's roughly what they're probably going to be getting without yeah. him. If they can limit Mead Hill to something similar, then they obviously have a chance. But I think Mead Hill have a little bit more um, firepower in their ranks and I think they will kick on. The only concern is probably that they didn't have tests we'd say last week but I, I think there, there should be good value for another win here Next up is Beliver and Ballon Lock and this is a tough one to call um, I'm going to go for Ballon Lock because they just seem to always put up big scores they can score goals at will nearly at this stage Yeah and they should have most of the players available to them I think if they can shore up defensively um, 3-10 last week you know should be a scoreline to win you every game of most games um, if they can produce something similar with the likes of, you know, young Harry Ryan, Pader Byrne came on as a second half substitute, so he might feature from a start um, as well. And obviously, Beliver being under strength is that as well. I think Ballinlock need to get a result here. So, Davey, you're going for Ballinlock as well. Mm-hmm. Next up, Nobber and St. Michael's in a in a kind of a North Mead derby. I know there's a bit of a, a distance between them, but not too, maybe two parishes. Yeah, they, they play together in in certain underage, you know, so in, in amalgamations and that. Um, this is a fascinating one, yeah, because St. Michael's kind of got out of jail a little bit last weekend, or last week, sorry, against Sidden. Nobber had a really eye-catching win without, obviously, the services of Jordy Morris. So 
Um, I'm going to I'm going to say Nobber. I actually had just put my name down beside Nobber, so I'm going to say Nobber as well. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if this went as a draw or as a Michael's narrow victory yeah, either. Go either way. Um, two teams in form at the moment: Delique Bellius Ten and St Pat's. Who's further down the line in their progression? Is it Delique Bellius Ten or is it St Pat's? St Pat's are only starting to rise from the ashes, whereas Delique Bellius Ten, I think, have been have, have been steadily progressing over the last few years. So I'm probably going to go for a Delique Bellius Ten win here. Yeah, Mickey, can I tell you a secret? Yes. These two don't like each other. Oh, really? They hate each other. So this this is going to be not just the tie of the round in the intermediate, probably the tie of the round across the board. Um, as you say, two teams in blistering hot form, putting up massive scoreline last weekend. And they expect goals, but I'd agree with your sentiment. Delique Bellius Town are a side which I expect to challenge. Some Pats are a side that I think could be a dark horse in the intermediate championship. On that yes. assumption, I think you have to you have to go to League Bellius and they are the form form horse, really. Yeah, so St. Pat's are certs for this one. And both of us picking the League Bellius. Uh, Club McGill and Rad Kenny, and uh, both of them off the back of uh, disappointing results last weekend. Yeah, um, a little bit baffled by the margin of Clannagale's defeat, to be honest with you, and only putting up 1 8 is a little bit of a concern, I'm sure, um, for the lads in that boy. I think Rakeni will come on from the game they played too. Now they are without the services, obviously, of Donald Kyogre and James O'Hare with the 20s and then Keith Curtis as well. So three, they're key men. In saying that, though, I think they didn't disgrace themselves against Blackhall Gale. So I think their little bit of guile and experience should get them over the line here. You're going for Rakeni. Mm. I put my name down beside Rakeni already um, due to the fact that uh, the man who did the surgery on my hand during the week um, was a, a, a good man from Rakeni. So, um, uh, yeah, that's that's the reason why I'm going for Rakeni. This one, again, is a bit of a coin toss, depending on uh, Rakeni, if they're at full strength or not. Um, and, of course, Slana Gale, if their hurlers, hurlers are back. Um, but we've both gone for Rakeni in this one. Last tie of the uh, Cornabonia. Sorry, not the last tie. It's the last one here on this on this section. Uh, Blackhall Gales against Waterston. Yeah, another big game. Um, two sides who would have aspirations, as you say, of challenging. Probably, you, you yeah. said they're probably two in the top six or seven in the championship. I'd go along with that. Um, but I think there's there's good things happening in Blackhall Gales. I really do. I think Waterstown are probably a little bit unlucky with their fixtures. You know, they've got to leak Bellewstown last week. Now they have Blackhall Gales this week. It's not the ideal start. Wouldn't be surprised if Waterstown won it, but I'm going to say Blackhall Gales. And I just exactly because you said I wouldn't be surprised if Waterstown would win it. I'm actually going to go for a Waterstown win here. This could very easily be a draw this game and wouldn't be surprised. But then again, one team could end up shooting the lights out. Both of them have that potential. So I've gone for a Waterstown win. The next game up is Kilmainham against Drumbarra Emmett. And both of them up disappointing results on the weekend. Uh, who's going to be able to, uh, I suppose, you know, raise their head? From the water, the quickest. God almighty, such a derby as well, you know, at this stage of the year. Yeah. Um, I think Drumbarrow will be smarting a little bit from last week. I think Cueven King, he's a quiet enough character by trade, but I think he'll have ripped into them last weekend at train and, and he'll want a big reaction from them next week. Um, again, I think Kilmainham probably missed the two lads a little bit more than Drumbarrow missed what they have. I think Trabara might bounce back here and get a win. 
Yeah, I've gone for a Drumbara win here as well. You know, Kilmainham just operating on smaller numbers than Drumbara. And when they're missing two of their really key main men, it's going to be hard. They're two, two of their main scorers as well, so it's going to be harder for them. Uh, the next game up is Trim versus Oldcastle. And a couple of years ago, you would have been looking at this saying, that is, you know, your potential intermediate winners in this game. You're still saying that, but there's a little question mark beside Oldcastle. There is still, yeah, absolutely. It was the intermediate semi-final only two years ago, you know, and uh, obviously Trim won that. Trim got back to the final last year. Oldcastle went the other way, ended up in relegation trouble last year. But obviously Jim McNabb has gone in there, got a win under his belt last week. Um, but they're still going to need a big step up. Do you know what I mean? I, I think that's ominous what Trim did to Drumbara last week without the services of the likes of Douglas Toher, um, Connor Quigley, Holden, Aaron Lynch for half the game. I think Trim will just uh, continue on their merry way here, Mickey. Yeah, same as him with Oldcastle missing Jason Scully as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a huge player. Um, and yeah, I'm going to go for a Trim win here as well. The next one is Moila versus Longwood. And uh, again, two teams that need to bounce back. Yeah, I think this is a great opportunity for Moila, I have to say. I think at, on home, on home turf, um, big journey for Longwood. They might be slightly depleted again, you'd imagine. The likes of the hurlers, Harry Hogan with the footballers, probably won't play. They have a couple of guys with the 20s too. Moila should be at full tilt, you'd imagine. And uh, I think this is a great chance for Skinner Ennix to get his first win as Moila manager. Yeah, I have Moila down for the win here as well against Longwood, who will be depleted, as you said. And it is a home game for Moila, and they should be able to take advantage of that. The final game in the Cornabonia that we've listed here is Bective and Dundry. And what a local derby that one is. Well, the Ted Dowd derby, you know, he was an absolute legend for Dundry, won senior championships with them. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just incredible, isn't it? To, to, he's just gone straight across. And he, he obviously managed Dundry only a couple of years ago to an intermediate final when they were beaten by St. Column Kills, I think 2016, wasn't it? Um, yeah. So, yeah, fascinating one. So early, there's divided loyalties, there's family ties, there's all sorts in this one. <laughs> but... Ted will be really up for this one. He'll have the Becht of lads humming for it. I think, I think Dunry still are missing a few. I know they had a good win against Kilmainham, but I think they'll need to step it up another bit. And I think Becht of, on the back of that great win against Longwood and the big scoreline they put up should make it two from two. But this is this is going to be a proper derby now. Yeah, absolutely. This is this for me is a coin toss as well. And I've gone for Becht of as well. Um, I'd have written down before you, you you told me who you were going for and the thing about this one is, is proper local derby and the Jekyll and Hyde of Bective do you know you just they could go out and be world beaters one week and then obviously they could go out the following week and, and, and think they're world beaters but get get, get absolutely give a stinking display so um, yeah I've gone for Bective though I, I, I have great hopes of them showing a bit of consistency this year and they'll need it uh, this week if they're going to beat uh, uh, their local uh, rivals, Dundry. Um, yeah, cool. So now we're going on to the final uh, competition, Davey, uh, of the, the Cups, and it is the Torchon Cup. We'll get to Cortown in a couple of minutes, don't you worry. So Bridges versus Carnaross, Davey Rispin. Yeah, not me, Derby. Uh, yeah. Nothing easy going up to Ballinacree. Carnaross will be fully expecting t- a tough examination. Michael Flood will be standing at the gate waiting for Frank O'Reilly to get out of his car. Um, to pick him up and, and show him the way, as he did with Pierre Fox and did a great job on him last week for Dunsany, in fairness. Yeah. The worry is that, you know, 
so Bridges are, are still going to probably struggle for scores. You know, if they do a job on Frank O'Reilly, that might limit Karen Ross's total. But where are they going to get enough scores from themselves? If they can do that, they have a chance. I think it'll be tight or than people think, but I think Karen Ross should have enough. Yeah, I've, I've gone for a narrow Karen Ross win yeah. here myself. Um, I'm not going to say that they're going to win it by 12 or 15 points, but I do think that they're going to get the victory over St. Bridges. But they have to go down there and uh, St. Bridges will give them their fill of it on Wednesday evening. Um, next one up is Kilbride and Castletown, Davey Westman. This is going to be, this will really <laughs> tell us where both are at. I think yeah. this is a great game for, uh, for Kilbride, sorry. Leo Turley's first home game in charge. Um, bringing, as you say, the dubs of the junior football in Mead <laughs> up to Kilbride um, should be a fascinating encounter. I think Castletown win, I do. Um, but I think it's a great opportunity for Kilbride to showcase what they're all about. And I hope to give a decent account of themselves, which I'm sure they will. Yeah, I've also gone for a Castleton win, and I think this is exactly what you said. This is this is a perfect game for both teams to show where they are. So if Castleton are as good as we think, mm. you know, um, they, they should sweep Kilbride aside. But if Kilbride are as good also as we think, you know, Kilbride should put up a good showing against them. So it'll be interesting to see after this game, can we read into either of those teams a little bit better. Uh, the next one up is Minalti, and it's uh, against St. Vincent's. So Minalti GFC against St. Vincent's. The referee for that one is Peter O'Halloran. So who's going to win that one, Davey Rispin? Yeah, there wasn't much in it when they clashed last year um, in the championship. St. Vincent's were narrow victors against Minalti. A um, little bit concerned at Minalti's. I know Castledown are a good side and all that, but they'll be disappointed by the concession of what was a 3-16 last weekend against Castletown. Um, so with that I think St Vincent's they're not the most free flowing free scoring at teams but they won't give too many opportunities either I think St Vincent's will win this even without Conor Harford he'll be involved with the mid-20s Okay so Davy is going to go for St Vincent's I'm going to go for Minalti mm-hmm. um, I'm, yeah it's uh, just you know the, the, the twisty back roads into Minalti there um, you know a couple of the St Vincent lads could go missing and uh, yeah I've gone for a Minalti win here um, against St. Vincent's. St. Dalton's against Dunsany, Davy Rusman. And I'm going to, before you, you know, decide why or how many points Dunsany are going to beat uh, <laughs> St. Dalton's by, I'm going to write my name down beside uh, Dunsany for a different reason, though. And how many points do you reckon they'll win by Mickey? <laughs> <laughs> Who do you predict, Davy? Uh, full, full house, Mickey. I think Dunsany, they have a ridiculous. Um, pool of players so much so that they're doing panels for games would you believe they have three rotating goalkeepers they you know they give two of them a half each last weekend the other one's going to get a half if not more this week um they're picking squads for the games it's like it's like a feckin english premier league side um it's absolutely <laughs> mad what but, they need to what they need to, they need to do there is they need to split into Kilmesson and Dunsany and, and set up two teams don't mention the war. Um, no, I look at I think they're saying he'll win. Um, to be honest, I, I think they're they're just a little bit further along the line than St. Ultons. It'll be another difficult enough encounter for the Ultons, lads. Yeah, and uh, I have gone for as I said, the Dunsany win there as well. Um, I won't make you make a prediction on this one, but it is Courtown against Kilmain and Mud. We've said we've said in the last few years you've had some ding dong battles, um, and they always um do put it up to you. So I think that you have. You know, you 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 made a statement of intent last week, Davy Rispin. So I'm going to put you down for a win on home soil this week. Um, and of course, you were away against Lane last week. 
Yeah, um, yeah, we were, yeah. Which which was another um little feather in the cap for you. Um, so um, you're bringing Kilmaine and Mud down to Cork Town. Softer pitch, shittier pitch and all that and whatever. But I'm sure you can play... great, Nick. I'm sure you can play football down there in the bog as well. Uh, <laughs> so I'm giving you the win, Davey. I'm, I'm putting you down beside me um, because... You know, I'm just going to say that you're going to predict that you'll win as well. Um, Drumcondred against St. Paul's. Now, this is an interesting one, Davey Rispin. It really it, it, is. And it is. It's it great is. to see like, it. Yeah. Because, you know, cause... and I, I, I'm going to put my name down beside Drumcondred. Drumcondred haven't had a win in how long? And Probably two years. Two years. And obviously, St. Paul's are, are operating at a lower uh, ebb and whatever, but they've been brought into this. But I could see this being a competitive game for both teams. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great opportunity for John Conrad, though, um, just to get their account open for the year. Um, yeah. But also for St. Paul's to build on what they did last week against St. Mary's. And if they can get a little bit closer and less in the margin of defeat, that's progress. And that's all they can hope for. I think John Conrad will win. Yeah. Yeah. And Jody Clark and, and, and the lads in John Conrad, I think, will get the victory here. And, um, you know, um, it could be a building block for them. St. Mary's versus Boards Mill, um, David Rispin and Robert Perfield, good listener to the podcast, will be um, refereeing at this one. This yeah, he'll this have one. his hands full on this one, Will Rob. Um, two good, young, up-and-coming and progressive teams, absolutely. Uh, two big winners last week. I, I do think Boards Mill are the real deal. I've kind of yeah. been harping on about that for a while now, and I think it'll be a decent test with them. But they should have enough to negotiate St Mary's, I think. Yeah, I've gone for I've gone for a boards mill win here. I do think that St Mary's are on the rise, um, and uh, as you said, two really good up and coming young teams. But boards mill just a little bit further along that path uh, than St Mary's uh, GFC are at the moment. So both of us going for uh, the boards mill win here, uh, and then the final one it's Clannard against Slane. Davy, I'm just going to put my name down beside Slane because. I just, I just think that Clannard are, are operating off very, very low numbers and, and are struggling a little bit at the moment. And I think that Slane will bounce back from that loss to yourselves last week. Yeah, look at Clannard aren't, you know, it's, it's only four points last weekend. It's not nice to see, you know, they're a side that were contesting. We only did the best 10 a few weeks ago, you know, and they were contesting junior semifinals and quarterfinals and all sorts only five or six years ago. Um <laughs> No Adam Flanagan around now and, you know, Niall Smullins in with the 20s, but if, you know, we're led to believe that he's looking for a move as well. So it's difficult times. They have great unrage coming up and they just need to try and be patient and wait for that to arrive. In the meantime, yeah, they'll, they'll go down to another defeat here and Slane will, uh, should open up. Uh, yeah, and with, it's disappointing because they're doing so much work down there um, and they're, they're, they're new pitch and everything and they're trying to get the facilities right. And, you know, it's 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 just one of those turbulent times for for the club, and we hope that they can uh, get out of it as, as as quick as possible. But both of us going for slain wins. Looking down through it, that's Davy. That's the whole lot of the fixtures for Wednesday. We have a couple of uh, discrepancies between ourselves. Uh, you've gone for Summer Hill for Dunchalk, and I've gone for Summer Hill and Besh Cup. I've gone for Minalvi. You've gone for Navano Matinees, and then you have gone for St Column Kills, and I've gone for Rathole. So they're the only differences we have in the senior and the corner. Bonia, you went for Meath Hill, I went for Sidden. Um, and then and you went for Blackhall Gales and I went for Waterstown. They're the only two uh, that I could see in the uh, corner. Bonia. 
And then in the Tolton Cup, we only had one difference, and that was Minalti and St. Vincent's. You went for St. Vincent's and I went for Minalti. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how they all end up next week on, on the podcast. And uh, we wish all the teams the very best luck. It's just absolutely brilliant for you all to be back playing football. And if I wasn't with hand in cast, I would be back playing football myself. But look, I will get back to football at some stage. So I will. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coyne & Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046-955-1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Um, we'll move on, Davy. We'll do the club lottos. Yeah, first up on the club lottos this week is Manalvi GFC. Their lotto is currently capped at 10,000. Reserve increasing to 5,600 euro uh, this week. Draw takes place on Monday night and you can play online at manalvigfc.ie or on the Club Force app. So Chocolate and Royal Gales, um, numbers drawn in last week's lotto were 8, 10, 12 and 16. They had no jackpot winner of the 13,000 euro jackpot. They had nine match three winners who all collected 20 quid each. Next draw takes place tomorrow Monday at half eight live on Facebook. 13,000 euro for jackpot. Reserve of 11,200. Play that one on Club Force. Um, Castle and GFC, uh, no jackpot winner of the 2,100 euro top prize. Number strong were 13, 14, 19, and 24. They had five 30 euro uh, lucky dip winners, and the next jackpot is 2,200. And you can play that one on the Smart Lotto app. Navajo Matneys, um, they, their next draw takes place on the, the Tuesday, the 15th of June at 9 pm. 6,800 euro of a jackpot. They had no winner of their 6,650 euro jackpot last week. Number strong were 1, 16, 27, and 31. And the three numbers were Darren O'Toole, Nigel Ryan, Ursula Dunn, and Colin O'Brien. Well, the three numbers in the lucky dip. Sorry, there was no one who had three numbers, but the lucky dip I, winners. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I heard that. But who was the last person that you named there? Colin O'Brien, and it's just kind of squiggled mm. in there. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, don't worry, I'll be on to Navangarda Station. Um. Dunsany, GFC, uh, numbers strong were 1, 3, 11 and 26. They had no jackpot winner, but next week they returned with €6,000 on offer. Gail Cullumkill still going at 12000 which it's currently capped at. They had 1, 2, 3, 4 match 3 winners who will share 150 quid between them. They were Kitty Brady, um, Eamon McGee, Sinead Usher and Denise Cantwell, I think is the name, yeah. So they're back again Thursday. And it is capped at 12,000. My own Corton GFC, Mickey. No. We, we gave away another 6,300 euro last Friday night to Mark Harris, who won the top prize by matching 2, 10, 13, and 14. Um, we've given away 23,200 in prize money to date this year a trolley dash and nine retro jerseys. 
Um, as a the result, club, the, the club that keeps on giving. Oh, <laughs> they need to stop giving. As a result, in order to start our jackpot at five thousand euro again next Friday, we'll be increasing our numbers to thirty-two and following a similar trend to Colin O'Brien in uh, in Navanamatnis by doing that. The old Navanamatnis trick. I believe that that's what it's called now these days. <laughs> Uh, the Navanomatnis trick. Yeah, and uh, so we're back Friday night, 5,000 euro for jackpot, another retro jersey up for grabs, cartoongaa.com forward slash lotto. Oldcastle Blotto is at 12,000 euro next Wednesday. You can play that one on Club Force. And the final one on my list is Kilmainham GFC, 6,100 every Monday night. No, no bother. I've got my two usual ones, the Simonstown Lotto, uh, current jackpot is 5,000 if I'm not mistaken I'm just reading it off the um, off the club's app and uh, the draw takes place every Friday night there was no winner last week and um, you can do it on the club's app um, go on to any of their social media and you will be able to find the link to it and then in Centralstown the draw takes place every Monday evening the current jackpot is 10,000 euro um, it's frozen at 10,000 euro, but what a jackpot it would be to win next 14, next Monday, the 14th of June. Uh, they have five lucky dip winners of 25 euro each is, if it's not one. And the maximum jackpot, as I said, is 10,000. It reverts back to 1,000 if not one. The lotto can be done online or on the club's smart lotto account. So get online to any of their social media and you'll find the link in there as well. So, um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Again, some of the lottos are just climbing, but there is one club it just keeps on giving that is core town GFC. So um seems to be seems to be the place to be. What a what a, what a generous club core town GFC are. Lush beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that is in your cup of tea. Automore from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. Um, Davey, we'll move on now, and it's time to do our Instagram interactive. And I'd say after today's performance, and of course the performances of all the meat teams over the weekend, especially the ladies, we might have some a few talking points. We do, unfortunately. Yeah, first one is from Brendan Kagey. Yes, she has a couple in, and um, the first one is they never seem to be able to compete when it matters, and they're getting worse. He followed that up by saying, if that was an open division, they would have finished third from bottom. Yeah, oh look, yeah, yeah but and, and if you're if you're if your auntie at ball, should be your uncle. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, at the same time, uh, I can see his points in in certain things. Um, games that matter that they don't they don't perform. I can't agree like with that. Um, like when we come up against Dublin, what does he expect? Like, okay, and we want a performance when we come up against Dublin. We're not expecting to beat them. Um, I thought that Division 1 last year, we were very unlucky. We haven't been in Division 1 for quite a number of years, and we were very unlucky uh, with the results in it last year. Um, Mayo this year was irrelevant. I don't care, you know, what anybody says. It was an irrelevant game. 
Um, oh, look, while I agree with some points and whatever, it's very easy to say if, you know, and what ifs and, and all that. Like, you know, we are where we are. We haven't had an underage success, like an All-Ireland winning underage team, minor or under 21 or under 20 level, in quite some time. So we can't just produce world beaters and or teams that will compete with the top teams in the country and without having some sort of success. That seems to be on the way. We've seen in the last couple of years with minor teams and whatever and that they've done well. It's progressing on to under 20s and then bringing that into the senior team. And then we'll see the, the rise of Mead football again to where we want it to be. That can't just happen. I don't know if you agree with me on that, David. I, I, I do. I do agree with you to an extent. I, I also agree with Brendan to an extent as well, because yeah. I could see where he's coming from. And I know you're saying, what do you expect against Dublin? Well, first and foremost, you expect a performance. You don't expect us to roll over and get our bellies tickled. And I suppose the other thing is, you're right in what you're saying, Mickey. The performances were good against the Division One outfits, but we just can't seem to get over the line. You know, in the big games that really matter, i.e. today, that, I think that's it's probably what, he, yeah, what he's getting at Yeah, we, we, we'll definitely be talking about today's game over the next yeah, game. Yeah, so. sure. But um, yeah, look, I'm, I, I'm as pissed off about today's performance as, 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 as Brendan is as well. Yeah. Carry on sports said first half cost us. No, absolutely. You know, it did. Um, there was no intensity. There was no... Uh, there was no gumption. You know, the, there was no hunger. Not And, and, and it's not that the players lack any of this they just didn't do it to, to the same level uh, as Kildare did so mm. yeah Carl Gibney said Jason Scully has to start only player that runs direct and brings pace and hunger well look uh, we've spoken about him before and we've said that he is going to become one of Mead's main players in time um, maybe it is time maybe it is his time because he did straight away get through for a goal effort. And then again, if he's as good as, 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 as he's saying, he needs to, when he runs that goalkeeper, he needs to bury that ball in the back of the net. You know, like, and, and I think that's what we're missing. I think a lot of the players are quite direct and whatever, but, you know, for some reason or other, we're just not as prolific as other teams. We missed an awful lot today. We, we did. We did miss an awful lot. Brian Mallon, uh, you like this one. Me, they were bad, but don't get me wrong. But who, sorry, but am I the only one who thinks the ref wrote us? Well, I, I said that to you in the first half of the game early on. Um, and and, and I, I also said to you after the, uh, when you were driving home as well, Davey, um, when we were talking on the phone, I, I, I know of a, a referee who's a very, very, very poor referee. Um, I won't say where he's from or anything like that. Um, he's not a mead referee anyway. And he, he was out drinking one time and kind of let it slip to me. He says that a referee can affect a game um, without you even knowing. He can give a certain team 50 frees, but he knows that that team are not going to win because he'll give them frees in areas where they won't be able to score and stuff like that. And he'll make it look like he played with that team. Um, I thought that the referee today was very poor. I, I, I spoke about it earlier on. Stop and play when Mead were in, in a position of progress to give me the free... And instead of letting them take the free, stop the play, to talk to players, not even to boot them or tick them, but to just say, don't do that again. 
Mm. I just, yeah, like I, th- I thought the referee was very, very poor today. I'm not taking away from our bad performance now, but I thought the referee was very, very poor. Paddy Short follows that up by saying, 55 minutes before we showed any intensity, bad wides were costly. Barry Cassidy is a beep. Yeah, yeah, well, he is. I agree with all of his sentiments and, and, and no intensity and no uh, hunger. Although they have that in them, uh, they didn't show it for that. For And it, they only became frantic in the last 15 minutes. Mm. And, and that's what we need. We need that franticness from the start. Chasing down players, harrying, harrying, harrying them, chasing in packs, stopping players as far up the field as you possibly can, not allowing them to drill ball time and time again, 60 yards. Whatever about them catching the ball in the midfield, if they out catch you, they out catch you. You you have to figure out something to do there. But like, if you can't do it, you can't do it. But you can stop them from kicking the ball from 60 yards. Mm. Carl Duff said, absolutely atrocious all over the pitch. Yeah, I'm not going to agree with that fully. Because we thought that Hickey was good. I thought that Fionn Riley was good. I thought that certain players did. Jordy Morris did well too. Yeah, in spurts. You know what I mean? Like in spurts and whatever and, and whatever. Yeah, it's it, 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 it's too that's too much of a sweeping statement. Um, but I, I can see what he means. Um, Darren McVan said worst performance in a good few years only came good when Kildare went down to fourteen. Yeah, well, we did only come good when they were down to fourteen. But uh, that is uh, the thing of, about Kildare is that they do start to, to to falter in the last 15, 20 minutes, and and, and, and you know that's when they're at their weakest. Um, I don't know if it's the worst performance, though. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to say that. Um, Paul Munley just said no words. Well, I agree. Less said the better. <laughs> um, Lynch Lynchio said, "What's wrong with picking up a man? Terrible defending." Yeah, it was. It was really weird. Um, it was. It was really weird. It just really was. It was. There was lads, they, a lot of their scores, they got them at ease. Um, and I don't even think that Kildare are that good or that they were playing a system that was to, to get a man into a position where he'd be on his own in acres of space. I don't think it was a plan of theirs. Um, uh, somehow it, uh, it, it, it happened. It, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, I agree. A lot of players, a lot of players just been left in acres of space. Uh, Peter Duffy um, just said Kerry for Sam. I, 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 I'd love to be able to say, I'd love to say that. I'd love to say that it is Kerry for Sam and Duffer, but um, I don't know if we can read too much into that against Tyrone. Tyrone have been hyped up way too much this year, um, but Kerry are awesome. And just when, they, when they're in full free flow, I absolutely love watching them play football. Uh, Clifford is... I don't know if anybody's heard about this fella, Clifford, but he's 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 going <laughs> he's to be right. big. He's going to be a big thing. <laughs> um, next one is from Liam Devine, and he just asked new manager question mark. Look, that's that that's going to happen. You're going to have that in, in every sport after a result that people don't like. You know, that's the first question that's going to be asked. But you know, I it's it's, it's not for me to comment on. I I I, I I'm happy with Andy there, so yeah. Sean Francis Ryan followed that up by saying, with management held on so readily after last year's demolition from Dublin, is today's um, results 
not so much of a surprise. County board gross incompetence. Yeah, uh, that's but see again, like you're gonna have opinions like that. And look, that's his opinion, so leave him at it. Um, you know, the county board for all their failings are are, are trying to put together processes and uh, uh, uh underage structures and everything to 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 bring me back to where all of these people that are commenting want me to be. But like that's it that doesn't to happen overnight and it doesn't happen by bringing in a new manager because when you bring in a new manager you don't automatically bring in the pick of Dublin uh, players to your meet panel Jamie Flaherty just said that was awful it was it was it was awful it was awful it was awful it was it was very disappointing and like, to be nine points down going into the final quarter like you know is there that much of a gulf between Kildare and Mead I don't think so um was awful. Shane Riley said we are division two team end of story absolutely abysmal display today all round maybe we are a division two team maybe we are you know and I've, I've said it already we haven't we haven't produced an All-Ireland win a minor or under 20 team we've produced no Leinster under 20 winning team in how long we've won a couple of minors and, and we need to make that progression we lose so many minors between minor and under 20. So, so many players between minor and under 20. Um, and then when we don't lose them, we, we, for a number of years, we've lost the, the chance to, to build on that minor success. But um, the, it, the way it's going now, they've put procedures and policies and everything in place that I think that we can maybe... Um, you know, bridge that gap, but it's not going to happen overnight. I, I, I just don't, it gets me really annoyed that people think that we have an automatic uh, position as uh, as you know Leinster contenders with Dublin. We, we we don't at the minute. We used to, but we don't at the minute. Deck F Dunn asked, "Why did we only start to play when we were nine down?" Yeah, exactly. You know, well, they went down to. To, to 14 men around that time as well, Deck, which did my, But again, Kildare do start to uh, tire towards the end of games, and it was the ideal time to meet for me to show their fitness. Um, yeah, it was disappointing though. It was really disappointing that they that they were um, they, they that it was nine points before we really like. I suppose uh, it was one two or one three to no score, and then me came back into it. It was one three to four points. And then, while it looked we had, like we had steadied the tide, we then missed an awful lot of opportunities. And then Kildare just started to reel pull off away, scores yeah. and pull away. So, like, we were playing not well, but we were creating an awful lot of opportunities, but we just didn't take them. And again, if we look at the, the amount of wides and missed opportunities Mead had today, Davey Rispin, I'd say it's colossal. Yeah, I think we had, we had, what do we have? We had eight wides in total, but we did have a number of others that dropped short and different things as well. So, yeah, no, you're right. And tax. a couple of goal scoring opportunities as well um, in there. Brian Flynn, next up. And he said, shocking display of football. Not what Mead football is about. We can't perform when it matters. Yeah, again, that's that's the same thing coming up again, that in the big game that, well, what's the biggest game that a lot of these players would have played? Is it a Keegan, Keegan Cup final? Would they have ever played in any finals higher than the Keegan Cup final? No, some, some would have played in 
um, James Conlon would have played in an All-Ireland club final for St. Colm Gills. Yeah, true, true, true. So, you know, I don't know. Um, there's something. There, there must be something. Um, you know, uh, yeah. Um, Brian McKeown just asked, is McEntee's time up? Well, that's, that's for Andy McEntee to decide or whatever, but we've got a championship ahead of us as well. And, you know, if we can make some progress in the championship, get through the championship and get through the Leinster final. And if we were to beat Dublin in the Leinster final, all would be forgiven, I'd say. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, Nemo Fagan has followed that up by asking, are we ever going to start asking if McEntee is the right man to bring us forward? Well, Everybody, not everybody, but there's a lot of people asking that over the last number of years. But like, why is it that nobody ever looks at the players? They always want to change the management. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sarah Jane Seymour is next in. And she said, full back line needs serious rejigging, serious in capital letters. And Harnan not cutting it in the midfield to name but a few. Yeah, look, uh, full back line the last number of years has been our strongest line, but in you know it has been poor enough this year. Um, our, our full back line. Um, and then I did I did say to you after after the Westmead game and when, when Harlan played at midfield that I just thought that he was off the pace. I don't think that Harlan is fully fully back, like fit um, uh, to what. To what he needs to be, maybe to be playing at midfield. I do think that maybe you know they could drop him back to centre back or something like that, and he could hold that position at the moment. But uh, yeah, look, um, if there's better players out there, send us a postcard, Sarah Jen. Uh, Adam McDonald is next in, and he said, Time for a new manager and players. Oh, so somebody did mention the players. <laughs> well, like, it's, but like, honestly, is there anybody better in the county there that, that's missing off the county team? Um, the, like, you're, you're not going to, you're not, you're not, you're, you're not going to pick an, a, a new panel of 20 that are not, that are good enough to be playing county football at the moment that aren't in there. Um, that's what we need to realise. Yeah, like I suppose we don't we don't know the internet. Like there, there, I'm sure there is people out there who have been asked in, and, and you know don't commit or can't commit or you know have the reasons for not playing for me. Obviously, you know we're not privy to that. Um, what I would say, Mickey, is that the players that are in there, regardless of what they they showed on Sunday, you know that they go out to do the best that they can yeah. for me week in week out. They train extremely hard. They've given us some great ties, and and they probably will again in the future. And it's just it's just one of those you have to take the good with the bad. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, today was today was the bad. Um, is it is it, is it time to bring the whole Kel squad into the meeting? <laughs> potentially, yeah. Potentially, yeah. yeah. If Fionn well, Riley is is anything to go by, potentially, yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was he was he was class. I thought he was excellent. Yeah. Um, Brendan Byrne next up, and he said. Neither team near good enough for Division One. Kildare will be straight back down too. Yeah, I, 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 I would have said that on today's uh, show, definitely. Um, and I think that if you were looking at a team that was better equipped to go up, it was probably me. Um, I do think that Kildare will, will will come straight back down. But you know, uh, whether or not we'd be good enough to be there, wouldn't it be nice to be there? Absolutely. Um. I think this is the final one potentially. No, sorry, I have two. 
ones to go. Sorry, Mickey. Uh, Richie Quigley next up. And he said, ultimately left that behind. Slow start and a few costly wides finished much stronger. Yeah, there's a bit of positivity, you know, like we, we, we did start much slower um, and we did let Kildare get too far ahead of us. We did create opportunities and we didn't take them. Um, and and yet we finished stronger. So there is a bit of positivity in it, like that somebody is looking at it going, yeah, we, we could have won that game today. And had it not been for a couple of refereeing decisions as well, if anybody wants to watch back on the game on, on, on GA Go, it's still there. Um, you know, there are you, you'll see a few of the situations that I spoke about or, or that I'm speaking about where the referee stops play cleverly, I think. Um, you know, he, he stops play in such a way that me they're in a position where Kildare are out of position and me have the ball and ready to take their free, but he stops them and Kildare can filter back. And then there was a lot of there was a lot of very simple frees given to Kildare. Kildare and similar tackles and worse tackles weren't against me players weren't given us freeze like he I, th- I thought the referee was very very poor and you know that can be the difference on the day really yeah absolutely Mickey yeah 100% and um, the final one I have in is from Damien Farley and uh, Damo said why are they trying to walk the ball into the goals and don't take their points on earlier kept trying it and breaking down every time and Kildare punished them every time so frustrating to watch. Also, Kilmaine and Mud versus Corton this week, Clash of the Titans. <laughs> and you can get that on GAA Go. Um, at the minute. It is, uh, it's 15 euro subscription for this one. This Money is, well this, spent. This is big pay-per-view uh, uh, viewing, so it is. But uh, yeah, look, looking forward to that Corton and game. You never know, with being injured the way I am at the minute, I might be able to get around a few uh, places uh, due to not being having work commitments uh, for, for for a few weeks, um, but um, yeah, look, um, what was his other comment about me? <laughs> his other comment about me, Mickey, before you got uh, sidetracked, was why are they trying to walk the ball into the goals? Yeah, and don't take their points on earlier. Kept trying it, I break it down every time, and Kildare punished them every time. So frustrating to watch. Yeah, absolutely. There was a lot of that. Now, again. You know, not taking their scores or not taking their points. If you look back at it again as well, like Jesus Christ, Kildare were chasing in packs and they were like little Jack Russells and Terriers running around the field following that ball whenever Mead got it up into the forward line. Um, and then eventually it was breaking down. Um, they did take a few, Mead did take a few snapshots, um, but they were under a lot of pressure and, and most of them went wide. But you know, whereas you went up the other end of the field and Kildare get the ball 35 yards out um, or 30 yards out and the Mead lads go to tackle him and then he ships it to his right-hand side and there's a man in space 35 yards out um, after doing a loop and he just clips the ball over the bar. It was, it was all too easy for Kildare for long periods of the game, but look, we just have to hope that uh, Andy and the lads can get it right for championship. Absolutely, Mickey. And that is it from Instagram Interactive. No, well, David, this has been a fairly long comeback podcast um, by myself and yourself. Um, it's great to be back and punch in the air here with my left hand, which I shouldn't be doing. Um, but uh, yeah, on a disappointing weekend for the hurlers, the commodes and the men's football, but a great weekend for the ladies footballers uh, getting that huge victory. 13 points to nine over Cavan in Cavan's backyard in Kingsman Breffin on Saturday. And that sets up a league final um, with... Chance of revenge 
over uh, Kerry LGFA. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to that one. Davey, have you anything else you want to bring to this week's We Are Mead podcast? No, that's it from me, Mickey. Well, that's it from me. That's it from you. We Are Mead. Why? Matters more.